The mules are in the corral. Welcome to Mule Talk, and I'm Cindy K. Roberts, your host. On this week's segment of Mule Talk, our guest is John McDonald, and he is an independent filmmaker. And he's currently working on a film about three mules and a guy that lives outside, and they just travels. So welcome to the show, John. Well, thanks, Cindy. Good to be talking to you. Filming part of project started in 2013. That's right. That's when it got going. Um, and you, you met him on Christmas Eve because uh, some guy called you and he said, you got to get a look at this. Yeah, a friend in town called me and just uh, said, uh, John, you have to run down to the corner right now and look east. And he wouldn't tell me what it was. And I said, forget it. It's Christmas Eve. I'm going to be going down and walk out of the family. He goes, no, you really have to do it, John. I said, okay. I put the phone down and ran down there. And I saw this man leading three fully loaded mules down the sidewalk of Huntington Drive, which is like a six-lane road. And I just went, Whoa, you don't see this every day. John, since you're a film producer and then you meet up with this guy that kind of looks sort of homeless, uh, are you thinking, hey, there's a story here and we can do something with this? I talk to a lot of people anyway, so I don't know if I was really thinking about a story for a film until I got home and I was talking to my wife about it. And it was actually her who she said to me, she goes, okay, don't get an idea for another one of your films. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. And she's been, I'm an independent filmmaker. I'm not a Hollywood producer type. I just uh, do films uh, as a documentary filmmaker, and they're mainly self-funded. And so she's seen um, that almost everything I've done has never uh, made any money. It pretty much uh, just do it out of a passion for doing the subject. And so that's why she was very cautious about me pursuing another project. And uh, the funny thing is, the next day was Christmas morning, and I said, I'm just going to go take a dog for a walk. And I went out, I happened to grab my camera when I went out and took the dog, and we went down to the Arroyo, where I know he was heading to find a place to spend the night. And so that's when I first really talked to him and had my camera with him. I took him a cup of coffee. And in our conversation, I said, would you mind if I just turn on my camera and start filming you so we had our first conversation just with me holding the camera and I thought okay this could be the beginning of a film but maybe he'll just walk off and I'll never see him again I'll have a little two-minute clip of uh, you know just talking to him like a lot of people will do with their iPhones when they run across them but we did kind of exchange contact information and I did hear back from him a couple of weeks later he just said if you want to come and visit I'm staying at this place uh, east of Los Angeles and I went out there and took my camera again and that's kind of when the, the whole journey began where it became really like it looks like I'm to be shooting a few more days with them. That is so remarkable. How did you keep up? I mean, were you like in a vehicle or did you just walk along or? Uh, all of that. Um, it was, um, he did have a cell phone, so he would text me um, and let me know where he'd be. And when he was still in the LA area, uh, he was heading south towards San Diego. I would um, just drive out there, see him at his at the spot where he would spend the night, follow him through the day, and then drive back home. Uh, uh, but I did um, often have to follow him and then take some kind of other transportation to get back to my car, uh, whether it be bus, train. I don't even think they had Uber back then, or I certainly wasn't somebody who was using it. Um, but then I also would travel to equip my uh, mountain bike with panniers that would carry the gear. So I would often go by bike and then uh, 
or walking. Sometimes he would let me uh, ride one of the mules and he would push this kind of cart that I fashioned out of a like a baby carriage that could carry my gear like when we were in the wilderness. Yeah, occasionally he let me ride a mule, which I loved. Oh, that is that is so fascinating. How much of the filming have you done? And then how much farther do you have to go? Well, I followed him over a 27-month period and got 200 days of filming. And that ended probably about four years ago. So all this time since then, we've been trying to get um, money to finish editing the film and put it out there applying for grants um, and I go and do presentations where I show little clips to um, equine groups and other kinds of backcountry groups, that kind of thing. Try to raise money that way. I have a nonprofit organization called the International Documentary Association, which collects the money so that it's all tracked fiscally and people know exactly where their money's going and it's not just something I, I pocket. It all goes towards the project. So you're in the editing stage and I know that's, that's very time consuming. So if, if people were to donate, where should they go? Well, um, my website is 3mulesmovie.com. The number 3, 3mulesmovie.com. His website is 3mules.com. So I encourage people to go to that site also. But we pretty much uh, keep our, our, our things separate. His, what he does is separate from what I'm doing. He doesn't want people to think that this is some kind of money-making venture for, for him. It's that the documentary is my thing, and we really try to keep that separate. When the documentary is complete, then will it go, will it be seen on Netflix, or where, where do you think it'll go? You always hope that it's going to go and get into some film festivals to get some, some press first. That'd be wonderful if it was in Sundance and some other festivals that have to do with outdoor life. You hope that one of the cable stations or someone will pick it up, or PBS. I'd be happy, like with some of my other projects, of just taking it around and showing it to people in libraries and they can come for free and just learn about what he's advocating and what I think the documentary will be advocating, which is about freedom, the freedom to roam, the freedom to travel where we want to go and not have dependence on the automobile to do that. That open space and trails are so important and we're losing those. And that's really what he's advocating for and multi-use trails that can safely take you from town to town, not just recreational trails, but actual travel trails so you can actually travel from town to town, east, west, north, and south. Yes, that is, um, it's very, very true. I think this is probably not a very simple project. I mean, do you think, is this one of your more challenging film documentaries? Yeah, I've never worked on a project for so long before. I had no idea. I had no idea we, I would be filming for 200 days when I started. I had no idea we'd be taking so long in getting it getting it completed. But I want to do it the right way. And I, it's thing about bringing an editor in and paying an editor to, to edit the project is um, it was just him and me when we were actually doing the filming. I had my camera. I had my microphones. He would wear a microphone sometimes. I also had a shotgun mic that was up there. And so I often was able to get pretty good sound. Um, so that didn't really cost much of anything except for my gas and travel expenses, food, lodging. and But bringing in an editor who's going to have to work for six months probably to even get the first cut of the film. That's something you really can't get for free or get someone to get good editors to even give you much of a discount. That's been the tough process is accumulating enough money to bring someone in who can work and get it done in one one sit-down experience. 
how does John and his three mules, how, how do they really survive? I mean, how does he get the funds to, to be comfortable? Well, I hope you get to interview him yourself and I can... You can try to contact him. I can give you some information because, uh, but he certainly will explains all that on my film. Um, but um, he does, he gets a little bit of social security from jobs that he did through the years. And he doesn't really need that much money. I mean, people give him money. He doesn't panhandle, but people will offer him money. The first time I met him, I gave him a $20 bill. If someone says, do you need anything? He almost always will say, no, I don't need anything. But if he's given it, he feels like it's rude not to accept something that puts someone is actually giving him. Yeah, he has a lot of fans. He's, uh, I think he has 50,000 fans on his Facebook page right now. He's amazing. That's a pretty good network of people. Wow. Care of you. Okay, well, John, if people were trying to get in touch with you about filming or whatever, what you would just send them to your website? Uh, yeah, my website and my and my email is uh, john, J-O-H-N, at mcdonaldproductions.com. McDonald's spelled like the hamburger, M-C-E-O-N-T-L-D, productions.com. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. I mean, uh, this is wonderful. This is awesome that you are committed to this project. And we'll have you back on again because we want to stay updated. Um, well, thanks, John. And we'll we'll talk again. And this has really okay. been a, a true pleasure for me. Thank you. Okay. Thank okay. you. Uh-huh, bye. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or a sponsor, send me an email. Cindy, C-I-N-D-Y at everycowgirlsdream.com. Gotta go. My mule is looking for me.